Father, we thank you that you are here. We thank you for the Bills and for their ministry there. And we thank you for that young man as the only believer, not only in his family, but in his village. And the courage that it takes uh, for him just to be, let alone to speak and to have and do events like this. Lord, sometimes we have trouble even just praying in a restaurant, let alone talking to anybody. I pray that you'd help us to step out in little ways and big ways. Not just to go across the sea, but go across the street. To not have people guess that we're a Christian, but to know that we love you. So move in us. Lord, we pray as we open your word here today that you would speak in a very uh, special way. In a way that would bring uh, clarity here like never before. I just believe today that there are some who are here who have heard this over and over in their Christian life and never fully grasped it. And that would change. Not only today, but it would change us of what we hear today in your word. Move and work as only you can. We thank you for what you're going to do. We commit this time and ourselves to you. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill anew and afresh and work in an amazing way. In your name we pray. Amen. So, um, let's start. You're right here. I know you don't mind. So, David, uh, what's new with you? Well, I've got a couple of pieces of new hair growth right here I'm excited about. <laughs> okay. That's that's a blessing. Yeah, I, I know that. Okay, that that's good. Uh, it's good. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Bobby, what's, what's new with you? Well, I'm here. I'm camping this weekend, but I feel like a stranger sometimes when I get here because I haven't been here for a while. Right. How many of you remember her? Okay, see, see, see. You're not, uh, you, you may feel strange, but you're not a stranger. So, I don't care what anybody says. Ah, oh, Keith, Keith. There's a seat here, a nice seat here. Keith, so, what's new with you, Keith? Well, you know, Scripture says there's nothing new under the sun. Well, and you can say that because just recently I have seen the sun after, what, two months? Okay, okay, we'll just uh, keep... Oh, Maddie! What's new with you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, she's got so much, she just can't share it. I understand that. I, I understand. We just keep working, you know, think about these kinds of things that are going on. Uh, okay. Oh, Brian, what's new with you? You're standing beside me. I was over there. That That is definitely new. Although, if I do it again, it won't be. 
So I'm, I might think about that. Maybe I'll just preach from here, Brian. Okay. Uh, how about you? What's new with you? I'm making meatloaf tomorrow. Making meatloaf tomorrow. All right. All right. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, we, you know, I'm, I'm sure, uh, uh, Aaron, what's new with you? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Okay. There, there could be lots of things when we think about what's new. Uh, 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 obviously, for us, what's not new is we're still uh, migrants. Uh, we're still uh, going from one house to another, so to speak. Uh, so uh, that's not new yet. Although I did talk to Roberta about the possibility of us just buying a motorhome and said we could just kind of go to each person in the congregation's home for like a month and we could rotate this for like three or four years. I <laughs> Now, well, one thing that's new is we found out, I found out on Father's Day that I'm going to be a grandfather, so. That's exciting. What? Oh, yeah. My wife says, can't post that on Facebook yet. She hasn't officially announced it, but you guys know. So you are a part of it. You know, you think about this. I could go around and just keep asking people and, and recapping, and there might be a few exciting things that somebody says what's new with them is that, you know, there might be something. But most of the things are probably not going to be that exciting as far as what's new. And let's face it, a lot are going to be just like Aaron. Absolutely nothing. Right? That's what it's going to be. They're just There's nothing new. And to that I say, What? What? What do you mean? There's nothing new. If you have committed your life to follow Christ and have received the gift of salvation from Him, what's new with you, the answer should be everything. What's new with you is that you've got a whole new life. You know, we've been talking for in recent months about how new begins now. And we've jumped off of that passage from Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And yet I would say to Christians this morning that on the basic level, we know that God has done a new thing at the core of what it means to be a Christian, and yet we do not perceive it. We do not see it. We do not grasp the new that God has done. We don't get. There is something new with you. There is. Let's look at the passage here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you turn there, we'll read this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. Second Corinthians five fourteen. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. From now on, we regard no one from worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God, 
who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, and we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the new. And there's so much here, but let's just, we're going to go over the next couple of weeks looking at this, but today just kind of focusing on the big picture, the basic of what this is about, all going to verse 17, a very familiar verse, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. What's new with you? You If you are a Christian here today, you are a new creation. What does that mean? I believe that there are many Christians that are not allowing this fact that they have been changed to change them. Are you with me? They're not allowing this, that they have been changed to actually change them and how they live. We need to recognize that what's new is you. That we are new creations. But do we live like new creations? How many of you, quite honestly, we don't have to have a show of hands, but at least to stop for a moment and actually think. How many of you would say you... Act new. How many of us they say that we grasp the truth about what God has done in us and what we need to do is we need to take a closer look at this and what it means. So that we can fully grasp the new you. Each and every one of us here, if you know Christ Jesus as your Savior, we need to fully grasp the new that is you. First of all, let's grab a hold of the fact that you are a new, new creation. And that means you are new. Now, that sounds simple. It sounds like we should get that, but we don't really. This new creation means you are totally new. In the New Testament, there are basically two words for new, or or there's two basic words, main words for new. The first is naos, and it deals with new in time. The second word, which is used here, is kainos, which means new in kind or new in nature, That first one, naos, is new, is something that's new. It just showed up. It's not been there before. It just showed up. But there are a lot of others like this new. But this second in verse 17 here, this word new, is something that is completely new and never been seen before. It's never existed prior to this when you're saying new. And so it's not just brand spanking new. 
The new you is totally new, distinctive, different than anything ever before. Completely new. And that's what God means when He says you are a new creation. In fact, this this kainos word here in this verse implies new is better or greater or superior than the old. So it's not just new, like I didn't have it before, now I got it. It's like new, completely, totally, for us to grasp. Think about it this way. Uh, We know that there's going to be a new heaven and new earth at the end. We get, well, obviously it's eternity, so there's not really an end. But as we think about this, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That doesn't just mean that there's going to come a time where, okay, this heaven and earth will just kind of show up. We're not just talking about new as there's a new time where heaven and earth are going to show up. It's new as in a new, completely new heaven and earth, never been seen before, never even imagined how it goes or how it will go or how it will be. New meaning something completely different and distinct. New, something unexpected, something wonderful, something miraculous. New, something amazing. That is the new you. Not just new as in time, but new as a kind of new that is something wonderful, amazing, miraculous. We need to grasp the new that you are. To grasp not only that it's new, but to understand, to say that you are a new creation means you are a complete creation. You know, when you become a Christian, this new you is a supernatural creative work of the Holy Spirit. Some versions might say you're a new creature. That may not be the best English translation in our day of uh, media generation. Uh, That may not be the positive. I mean, just imagine someone comes to faith in Christ. They come to faith in Christ and you're all excited. Hey, congratulations. I'm so excited about your decision coming to Christ and your salvation. It is so great. You're a new creature now. Uh, Now, you don't really call somebody a creature. That doesn't work. But you're a new creation, does. Understand, and in fact, literally, the word is more. You are a new creation. A creation like the word that's used in Romans 1, verse 20, that harkens back to Genesis 1, where we understand he talks about the creation, where God made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. The creation that God made new, completely out of nothing. He made a creation. That's the new you. If God can create the heavens and earth out of nothing, it's not therefore hard for us to imagine that God creates us completely new out of nothing. Not out of what we were or what was or what will be. It's about new, what God wants to do. For those who have turned their life over to Christ Jesus as their Savior and Lord, we read that in Ephesians 2.10, we are His workmanship, we are His craftsmanship, we are His handiwork. When we become a Christian, 
we have become a new creation. So consider this for a moment. If God in Genesis could do creation, and then he looked at it, and what did he say as God looked at creation? Genesis, it was good, right? It was good. And so what we read here in verse 17 is that you are a new creation. The same concept, the same words, uh, uh, what it's talking about as in Genesis 1 is right here in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. And if God looked at creation and all that he did and said it was good, then those of us as Christians who have become new creations, God is saying it is good. You are good. He looks at it. We don't always see ourselves as that. We think, you know, okay, I'm forgiven, but good. It is good. And oftentimes we, we talk about our per, uh, about a personhood, about the uh, humans saying God didn't create junk. And yet verse 17 is saying as Christians, as new creations, there is no junk. It is all dramatically new, never seen before a new you. This is something that God does in and through us. That's what uh, verse 18 says. All this is from God. All of it is from God. This is not, when we become a Christian, it's not something that we do or something that, uh, something about us that we make ourselves better or we try harder. It's not about that. It's not about us becoming new by something we do any more than we helped with our own physical birth. I mean, probably not many of us delivered ourselves. I'm just guessing, you know. And we didn't help. In fact, John chapter 1 verse 13 says, We are children born not out of natural descent or of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. New creations. Not just a new start, like, like, but like a new birth. When you're thinking that you are a new creation, you are new, it's like a new birth takes place. In fact, John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You don't get a facelift. It's not about getting in shape. It is a totally new you. And I'm sorry, but I don't think that we really grasp this. We may even start to think and know it here, but that it really works out in our life that we grasp this. We say, what's new with you? As Christians, we say, well, I came to Christ and and I got a new start, a do-over, a fresh start. You know, in some ways we think of it like God is saying, okay, you've messed up along this way, but we're going to put you back at the starting line. We're going to get a whole new start, a fresh start, and everything that happened before doesn't count. God wipes all the slate, the record clean, right? And that is what he does. But what he's doing in our life is so much more than just starting the race over and forgetting what happened before cleaning that up. When we become a Christian, it's not starting the old race over. When we become Christian, it is a new, different race now. One that we can win now. A different race. A race that's not only not the same old race, but it's not the same old us in this race. 
It's a new you in a new race, not a restart of the old race, a completely new race in Christ Jesus, with Christ Jesus, and it's a completely new you, a different kind of person than you were when you first started trying to walk through life falling all the time in sin. Yes, we have been redeemed. Yes, we have been bought back. The price was paid. The penalty was paid. And we praise the Lord for that. But our focus on our redemption oftentimes causes us to miss out on our regeneration. I want us to be able to get this, is that we talk about our redemption so much of what God has done to us. And all that's true. But we forget about the regeneration that takes place, the recreation that takes place. Until we are regenerated, until we are brought back to life, until the Spirit of God comes and dwells in us, until we are that regenerated person, we are dead in our sins, even if we are forgiven. We are still dead in our sins and dead in our relationship with God, and it cannot be restored until there is a new life given. That new is a total life change. You are new. Verse 17 here says, The old has gone, the old has passed away, and the new has come. I've heard it said as it deals with the old that it has passed away like the melting of snow on a sunny spring day. There's a sense we should have a funeral when we're born anew. Because the old person, the old nature, the old habits, the old desires, the old life has been crucified. We are dead and yet we are alive. Romans 6 verse 4 says, We died and were buried with Christ by baptism just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. Now we also may live new lives. It's talking there about the symbolism in baptism that we died and buried with Him in baptism then raised with Him. This dead person that we were buried in the water grave, the symbolism of baptism, buried in a water grave, uniting with Christ in His death. The old is gone. And then as we think about baptism, as we are raised out of this water grave, we are raised out of death. And just like Jesus was raised from the dead and out of the tomb, so too we are raised into the resurrection of life. And so this is part of the importance of baptism. It's not just a religious duty. It's not just something you go through. There is a, there is a, a meaning behind all of this of what is about uniting with Him both in death and in resurrection. That's the importance of, of being baptized. It's not just because Jesus said so, although He did. I mean, think about the Great Commission. We were just talking about missions. The Great Commission, what are we supposed to do? Go and... We go and tell, but baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a part of what it is. And yet, for some reason, Christians, we just kind of ignore that pact, that part. It doesn't have to do with our... It, we don't get baptized to get our salvation, but we are baptized to show our salvation. To follow Jesus' example in the waters of baptism. And it, it just kind of taken aside as we're talking about this new and using that scripture that if you haven't been baptized as a believer, and that's something that you want to do. I don't want to say that's something you need to do or you should do. That, that's a given. But that's something you want to do that you would talk with me um, and, and 
we could talk more about it, maybe just want to know more about it, but also talk with me and that will work out a time this summer where we can do that. But as we look closely at that phrase, the old has passed away, the new has come, the old is gone. That, that tense in that verb is talking about old things that have passed away, meaning that it is completed, it's passed, it's done, gone, period. When the old is gone, it means it, that's it. It's gone, done, period, all done. But when we're talking about the new has come, that took place in the past as well. The new has come. It's already come, but the results of it continue to live to today, even as that verb is talking about there. Galatians 2.20 helps us to kind of see that. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer, it is I, is no longer I who live. But, and so just to understand that, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. That's the old is gone. Crucified, there's no longer I who live. It is the old is gone. But the new has come. So the next part of Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, but it is Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live. He just said I was dead. I've been crucified in Christ and dead. But now he's saying the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I know oftentimes when we give testimonies. We've heard of testimonies or, or kind of accounts of how we came to new life. We experienced a new life in Jesus. And we, when we give those accounts and we talk about what God has done. Oftentimes, we're really talking about our life B.C., before Christ. I mean, uh, and sometimes you could listen to somebody talking about their account of, of the new life that God's given to them, and they could spend 95% of the time just talking about the B.C., the before Christ, about the old that is gone. How they were so far away from God and their attitudes and the actions, and yet... He turned them around and completely changed their life. And as we listen to that person, we, we recognize, wow, they really have become new. They're nothing like what they were. They're, they're nothing like that old person that they were. They're, they're no longer like that. And so what happens is we start to frame our interpretation of what it means to be a new creation based on the picture of how that person has changed from what they used to be like. What we're saying is they're new because they're not old. Now, I want us to follow this. We just get kind of in this track as Christians. It's is they're new because they're not like they used to be like. And we think that's the perfect picture of what a new creation is. But is it? Is that all that it means to be a new creation is that the old is gone? That we're not like we were before? If so, how do you deal with, what do you say to the child who comes to know Christ at five? At five years of old, and some of our kids have come to know Christ at five. What do you say to them? You know... Has their life completely changed from old to new? I mean, do we think, you know, and the kind of reprobate worldly behavior from this five-year-old is something. 
I mean, how many testimonies have you heard from five-year-olds that said, oh, let me just tell you how I was, how bad I was. I, I was addicted to eating paste and smelling glue sticks. <laughs> yep, it was a rough life. But God delivered me from that. And now I'm new. No. Most of the time it's rather, many times it's about a five-year-old that's led a rather sheltered, good Christian life in a Christian family as part of a Christian church and even maybe going to a Christian school. And so are they new? Because based on our definition of what becomes a new creation, it's about the old past, the bad part. But there isn't really, uh, at least we, we say that in a sense, do they feel like new creations when they come to Christ? And what happens is that some as teenagers think, no, maybe I never really was because I don't, maybe I never really was a Christian. Maybe I never really was new because I didn't have any old life to be gone. Now, first of all, yes, you did. No matter how perfect you were as a child, even with your behavior, there was something about us that was old that needed to change, and your parents can probably tell you. It's like coming home for dinner, and mom says, go wash your hands. And you say, I don't need to. Look, my hands are, are clean. There's no dirt on my hands. Now, any good mom who knows what you've been up to will tell you, it doesn't matter whether I see any dirt on those hands. You need to go wash because I know where those hands have been. <laughs> right? You need to go wash up. So even if you led a life that seemed like there's no dirt on you, you still have to be clean. There's still something that needs to take place. Just because you came to Christ and there wasn't a bunch of dirt on you doesn't need doesn't mean that we don't need to be cleansed of sin. But here's something that's more important than that. And that is the key to this whole talk about what we're saying new creation. New is not dependent on being new. Is not dependent on doing old. Being new is not dependent on whether you were doing some old, past, bad behavior or not. That's not what he says. That's not what it means when he's saying you're a new creation. We focus so much on the old is gone in our testimonies that we're missing out on the new, the miraculous, the supernatural that has taken place, that has nothing to do with our old behavior. It does nothing to do with how we were or weren't. It has to do with how God has newly made us and formed us as a new creation and what He wants to do in our life, something so much more than what was because now it is something that never was before totally new you i want to make sure that we grasp this because oftentimes our one side of you often believes someone is new because they're not like they were when they were old but that's not the main thing that god is doing we are not new just because the old is gone we are new because god has made us completely new the new is not the opposite of the old it is something completely categorically different yet yes it is good that the old is gone but the new that God makes us 
is not just someone who doesn't have the old bad habits or the old bad attitudes. Being a new creation is not about God cleaning up our act or putting a fresh coat of paint on an old dirty wall. New is about getting new paint, not just on a new wall, but on a whole new house. A new creation, a new you is not a remodel job. Do we fully grasp the new you? Maybe think about it this way. I remember a show long, long ago. I was a kid. That's, so, uh, and yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and, we, and we used to make the noise. Uh, you know, I don't know if that, that is a little bit of a hint. Steve Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. Steve Austin will be that man better than he was before. Better, stronger, faster. That's the way the show always began. Better, faster, stronger. And perhaps we think that's how God makes us new. That that's kind of what he's doing, that we're new creation. But no, that still misses it. Yes, uh, when you think about it, Steve Austin was basically dead. And they brought him back to life. Well, there's some comparisons there as with the Christian life. They brought him back to life. And they made him, not just brought him back to life, but they made him better. They made him stronger. They made him faster. And we really think that that's what God did to us when he made us new creations. No. Jesus did not come to rebuild us into a better person. He came to make us a completely new person. Not using parts of us and adding parts. He came to make us completely new This regeneration is not a renovation. This new creation, this recreation is not a cleaned up, souped up version of our old self. This is a completely new build from the ground up. New. And I don't think that we grasp that in how we live our life. Sometimes maybe up here in our heads, but we're not living like you have been made completely new completely, dramatically, miraculously new. Not about new from what you used to be. New from what God wants to create you to be. Are we we really grasping this? Because what I do know is that there are some believe that God loves them, sent Jesus to die in their place, and by grace... They have been forgiven. They believe, 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And they've received that forgiveness. God, they believe God has cleansed them from all their sin. On the outside. But they still think inside they're the same dirty person. God's forgiven me. God's cleansed me, yes. But I haven't changed. I'm still the same old dirty person. 
Because God had pity and grace on me. God gives in and gives us a place in eternity just because, well, that's he's God. I mean, he gave in, he gave in. I, you know, if I were him, I wouldn't have done it. But God, in out of his grace, gave me a place in heaven with him. God forgave me. But they don't see themselves as any different, except that they've received God's love. And so they're lucky and loved. But that's it. But that's only partially true. That's not the whole truth. And for, while we may still sin, we are no longer sinners, as in those whose nature can't help themselves, who can't do anything different, as those who are destined to an eternity in hell. We have been changed, and now we are called saints. We may not feel like it, but we are called saints because we have been made a new creation. You are a new you that is a saint. We've not just been informed that God loves us and received that. We have been transformed by this love. Born again, born anew, experienced a regeneration, made a new creation. We are not the same. God did not put lipstick on a pig when he did a work in us. If you are truly a Christian, you are not the same person. Do not let the enemy tell you anything different and whisper lies to the contrary, including that, oh, just wait, God will see. I mean, He let you in. He forgave you, but just wait. He'll see who you really are and He won't want anything to do with you. First of all, God knows all. It's not like He will eventually see. He already knows. And second of all, He knows that when we surrender Him, that we are not just forgiven and cleansed only on the outside, but we are made new from the inside out, completely, fully, holy, brand new, different person, and we need to live like it. To fully grasp the new you means not just to grasp that we are new, but to grow in that new. Now look at verse 16 for a moment. Verse 16. So now, from now on, We regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Uh, Once regarding Christ in a a worldly uh, kind of way, in an earthly kind of way, thinking just of Jesus. Like so many people think of Jesus as he was a good man. He was a great teacher, a, a great prophet. Which, yes, Jesus is all those things, but it reduces Jesus to so much less than who he really is. Even for us as Christians, we oftentimes reduce our picture of who Jesus is to just those 33 years that he walked on this earth. Jesus is God. He has existed since before creation and will exist, continue on. But we just think of him just in those 33 years and we just think of him in the worldly and just the earthly. And so too, when we think of ourselves, we miss the point of who we really are. How do you look at yourself when you look in the mirror? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Because verse 16 says, From now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. When you look in the mirror, are you regarding yourself from a worldly point of view, from the way you used to be, from uh, earthly, this perspective, a human, fleshly way of thinking of yourself? Or are you seeing yourself as God does? Completely new. So many times we look and say, well, 
yeah, I became a Christian, but I look in the mirror and that's the same face I had before I became a Christian. It would be nice to think that you had a smile now. But look at yourself. Look deeper than just it's the same face. Look deeper to see through God's eyes. You see, I think for many it's fairly easy to see ourselves as Christians. Yes, I am a Christian. But is it just as easy? Does it make just as much sense to think about yourself as a new creation? Completely, totally different, new, miraculous creation of God. Note this only applies, as it says, if anyone, therefore, in verse 17, if anyone is in Christ. And we're talking about this new this morning. I do not want to assume that everyone here is in Christ. And neither should any of us just assume that and think, well, that's what it is. But to know that we are the one who has denied themselves, died to self, that is following Christ, the one who is trusting in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation and has surrendered to him as our Lord and master and entered into a real personal relationship with Jesus. We are in Christ and Christ is in us to fully grasp that it is a new you. There needs to be that sense that we not just grasp it, but we grow in what that means. So with all that said, it should be obvious we are new. Today, you're, you're just saying, I, I, it's not obvious that I'm new. No, first of all, maybe we're not grasping the facts that God has said. But I think sometimes people, especially growing up in church and things, they, they, we just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, and this is the next thing I'm supposed to do. So I say, I ask Jesus to be my Savior. And, but we've never really surrendered to Him. We've really, never really made that decision and stepped across the line. We've just kind of walked with the line that the, or other religious people around us are walking. There's a new you. We should know that. Part of walking by faith. We walk by faith in what He has done in our life, which includes making us new creations. I believe that. I trust that. And many of us here today, I know, have experienced this new creation long ago. You came to know Jesus long ago and you became a new creation long ago. My concern is some of us have forgotten that. It was so long ago that you came to Christ, you've forgotten that you become a new creation. Forgotten that Jesus changes everything. And that even if you are older now, even a lot older now, you are still a new creation. Amen? You are still a new creation. And I really think that there are some who have not just forgot this, but never got this important fact. We think this new creation, this transformation, we're reminded that it's a metamorphosis. Oftentimes in Christian circles, you see it like a caterpillar. You know, even back in long ago, our VBS day, bullfrogs and butterflies, both been born again. I won't sing that for you, but it's quite a song. But you think about that picture of the caterpillar. Becoming a butterfly is symbolic of a new, transformational, not different, never seen before, not happened, a different change into a new creation. The caterpillar to a butterfly. The lowly sometimes ugly, worm-like bug, caterpillar, 
crawling along in the dirt, eating everything and anything, eventually builds a cocoon, technically a chrysalis, around himself. And when he comes out, it is not that he comes out of this chrysalis as a more beautiful, new, colorful caterpillar. Right? We all know that. He doesn't come out of it as like some brand new caterpillar. Rather, he comes out as a completely new, different creation and spreads his wings and takes off flying, partaking of the nectar of life in a whole new way. Nothing like it was seen before. That is what it is like in the change that God does in our life. And yet for many Christians, many Christians who have come out of the cocoon as a new creation, as a butterfly, what they do is they come out and you're, you, you've come to know Christ. You come out as a butterfly and automatically just drop to the ground and start walking through the dirt just like you did when you were a caterpillar, just like you did before coming to Christ. We're just crawling around in the dirt. But I've come to Christ, so I know I should live a better life. And so we're trying to live a better life as we're trying to crawl through the dirt. The problem is that the new legs that we have are not really meant for walking like the old caterpillar 100 legs. I went in on 100, but, you know, lots of legs covered. It's easy to walk through most anything. Not so easy with caterpillar legs. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if you've experienced it, but for many people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and then they say life got harder. Not just things went bad. It's just, it, it's like things I didn't have problems with, I didn't feel like I had problems with, then I started having problems with. I started having struggles where I didn't have struggles before. Why, you know, I, I come to Christ and it, it, things just, it became harder. Yes, it becomes harder when as a butterfly we're trying to crawl around on the ground. Never meant to live life that way. We've been forgiven. We've been saved. But we forget that we've been changed. We're still so many are still trying to live like a caterpillar in our own strength even to be a Christian. When there is so much more that we could do if we would just recognize that we are new. There is so much more to life if we could just recognize that the new you can fly. Instead, we just crawl around the dirt and, and sometimes even just put more stuff on us. Chains of, of things that we were never even before doing. Sin in other different ways that just weigh us down. So that it, even if we figure out we do got wings, we're not going anywhere. God has made us new creations. You are new, completely, totally. Let's live like that. Let's lean into 
new butterfly, so to speak, that God has made us and fly and stop crawling around in this I'm just like I was before, just forgiven kind of attitude. You're not. If you're truly in Christ, you are different. You are new. Not because of anything you did, but because He created you new at salvation. Ask the worship team to come. Father, uh, help us to grasp this. And it may be for some that mentally, this is not a hard concept. In fact, maybe even there's some that just think, well, I, I already know this. But we're not living it. Our, our heart doesn't grasp it. Our, our hands don't grasp a hold of this. I just pray that you would just kind of open our hearts and our minds, just kind of blow the doors open and help us to understand that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, a miraculous thing that you have done, just like you miraculously created the heavens and the earth, you miraculously created new in us, completely different. Help us to live that way. Set us free from whatever we have done to stop walking in the dirt. Set us free from chains that we've put upon us that hold us down from flying. To be the new that we actually are. In your name, amen.